bring it down, bring it down. Okay, great. Uh, I want God to help you. I want God to uh, intervene in your life, in your circumstances. So I'm going to bless you. I, I want God's breakthroughs. I'm going to bless you as we get going. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. I bless you to receive the guidance from God that you need, the help from God that you need. I bless you to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever your circumstances. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. All right, welcome back to our Jesus series where we're talking about Jesus where we're talking about what it is to believe in Jesus, and where we're going to talk about what it is to follow Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus and healing. But before we talk about that, I want to tell you about William Carey. Here's a picture of William Carey. He was born in 1761, and he is considered the father of modern missions. He was a missionary to India. He, was, he translated 41 um, 41 translations of the Bible into dialects, and, and he did a lot more. One of his famous sayings is there on the screen. He would often say, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. I'm going to say that again. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for for God. Now, God used this man uh, lots, of different, lots of different ways, but one of the extraordinary things that, that he helped us with is he changed, uh, he changed how Christianity viewed Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven. We call it the Great Commission. Jesus said, go, make disciples of all nations. But before William Carey, in the thousand years or so leading up to his life, the church had basically ignored that command to go and make. I mean, there's a few, there's some pockets here and there, but, but by and large, that the Great Commission was ignored, and it was ignored as irrelevant for those generations. It was, dis, it was thought of as something that was true for just the people Jesus was telling. So Jesus is there, he's about to ascend into heaven, maybe there's his 11 disciples, I don't know if there's any others, but he, he gives that commission, go make disciples, where for about a thousand years, the church said, that was just for them, and it's not for us today. It's not for us today. But William Carey says, no, no, that great commission of Jesus is for all of Jesus' followers, it's for all of us, and that, that shifted how we view that that passage. Now, what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? Jesus and healing. Well, I suppose it, it matters depending on what your background is. And one of the things I love about this church is we have like every background in, in this church. We have people with no Jesus background, and, and that's great. No, no Bible background. Love, love that. Uh, people with, with charismatic backgrounds and, and, and Pentecostal backgrounds and people with, with backgrounds where, the, the, you know, the, all the miracles of the Bible, they happened back then, but but, you know, they're, they're irrelevant for today. I kind of grew up in that background where, yes, Jesus can do anything. But, you know, basically the supernatural stuff was 
was back then and not for today. In fact, here is a picture of my great-grandfather's Bible. I have it in my office uh, at home there. Um, maybe you can see it. There are red X's through big chunks of, 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 of this is Corinthians here, 1 Corinthians. It happens to be the bit about spiritual gifts and, and you know, supernatural stuff. Uh, on different pages uh, in this area, you'll, you'll even see a note in the margin, not for today. This is, this is my background. That, the, you know, that, that was okay back then. That was true back then. But, but, but that's not for us in, in our generation. That's my background. But when we're talk, today we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to talk about healing. And I want you to know, yeah, Jesus healed. Jesus healed. He healed back then. And his disciples who were following Jesus, they, because they were following Jesus, because he, Jesus healed, they would then go out and they were healing in Jesus' name. Jesus healed. But I also want you to hear very clearly that Jesus heals that Jesus heals, that he heals today, that still miraculously heals people. And, and, and if you come from a background where you've been raised to cut that out and, and, and you know, that supernatural stuff as, as not for today, or maybe from a background where you're like, uh, I have no Jesus background, no Bible background, and I think all that miracle stuff is a myth and a hoax, well, hold on, friends. We're going to talk about this for the next, the next few minutes. I'm ahead of myself. Point one, Jesus healed. Jesus healed. Now, I know I don't need to persuade most of you about this. It is a certain historical fact. Whether you believe the Bible or not, uh, any historian with, with intellectual integrity has, goes back and they look at any witness in the Bible, outside the Bible, and you would see, they would be convinced, yes, this Jesus person was a, healing, was a healer, a miraculous healer. He was a, he was a healing, a healer. Okay? Certain historical fact. Now, when it comes to the stories in the Bible, there's so many things that, that the Bible talks about. Um, but most of the time you see these big sweeping statements, such as this from Matthew chapter 12. Jesus, uh, in this case, he was aware of this and withdrew, whatever the context there. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them all. Just, you just see, you know, just comments like that. He healed them all. Then you've got these stories, and, and the stories are a bit different. Sometimes Jesus goes up to somebody, hey, do you want to get better? Sometimes people are coming to him. Sometimes people are trying to sneak a touch of the corner of his tassel on his robe. Or, or some, sometimes, you know, people are bringing their friends to Jesus for healing. And, and I just kind of remind you, there, there's no formula here. There's, there's no right way when it comes to Jesus and healing. There's, there's not a formula. Anyways, for whatever the reason, we see many stories in the, in the Gospels of Jesus healing people, usually connected to their faith or somebody's faith, somebody's boldness out there. I, have an, I had an example in my mind, though, when I was preparing this. It was just one of those stories that I'm like, okay, it's in my mind. It's, it's a weird one. But, but I wanted to bring it to the table today as we talk about this topic of Jesus and healing. It's in Mark chapter 7. And Mark chapter 7, starting in verse 31, uh, we read this. It says, again, leaving the region of, region of Tyre, he went by way of Sidon, which is not on the way, unless you go the wrong way, to the Sea of Galilee through the region of the Decapolis. 
you're all experts in Bible geography, but still, just, just, just for funsies, uh, map, map time, just where are we at here? I love maps. Okay, so Tyre, so Jesus is not in the land, okay? The, Galilee, Samaria, Judea, I mean, maybe pre, you could consider that kind of part of the land, but Jesus is up in Tyre, and then he goes to Sidon, again, wrong direction, he cuts across, he goes around Decapolis, Decapolis is Roman, Roman, those are Decapolis, 10 cities, Roman cities to Roman area, out of the land. Um, by the way, what the Romans are trying to do is make big bucks. You guys remember the Bible, Land, and Biblical Faith series? No. But uh, the Decapolis over there is if you can connect the desert ports from the, the spice trade to the Mediterranean ports on your own as one country, you make big bucks. So the Romans and Jesus' time haven't yet connected all the way through, but they've established a foothold on the desert ports, or, des you know, the caravan routes. And, you know, in the next 40 years or so, they'll have, a, they'll have a, it all the way through and they'll make big bucks. But anyways, for free, for fun, not worth spending any more time on. Let's keep reading. Um, here we go. Verse 32 here in this story. They, the people, brought him to him, Jesus, a deaf man who had difficulty speaking and begged Jesus, they, the friends, begged Jesus to lay his hands on him. So he took him away from the crowd in private. After putting his fingers in the man's ears and spitting, he touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed deeply and said to him, Ephephtha, that is, be opened. Immediately, his ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak clearly. Again, the reason why I chose this one is because it's full of weirdness. It's, it's full of weird stuff there. And I want to keep reminding you that, that not all of Jesus' healings are the same. That, that he does things differently. They don't follow a particular formula. Maybe you think when Jesus healed someone, it didn't matter. It's like he was going to heal them anyways. What should I do now? I think I'll just say, be healed. Okay, that was fun. Mm, maybe I will lay my hands on the person this time and, and be healed just, just because I feel like it. It doesn't matter. I'm Jesus. I'm going to heal this person no matter. I'm going to say it. I'm going to speak it. Oh, I know what I'll do today. This will be fun. I'll make some mud. I'll spit and stick it in their eyes. And that'll be part of it. And, you know, I could have just spoken or I could have just, I could have just laid my hands on it. And, you know, it doesn't really matter. Oh, this will be funny. I'll stick my fingers in his ears. And then I'll spit. And then I'll touch his tongue. And, and, and oh, man, this will make the book, right? I, I, I don't know. I, I, some of you might think maybe Jesus is just doing this just for funsies, right? He doesn't have to do this. But, but, but um, no, that, I don't think that's how it works at all. Jesus, there, Jesus understands that there's, there's ways that unlock things when it comes to healing. And it's, and it's not just a formula. It's not just if I just speak, be healed in the name of Jesus, or in his name, be healed. Uh, or, or if I just lay my hands on someone and pray healing over them or speak healing over them, then they'll be healed. No, no. Jesus has to be dialed in to, to what is it uh, that, that, needs, that needs to happen for the breakthrough to happen. The fingers and the ears thing, he's getting that from his father. 
Jesus doesn't do anything unless he's getting it from his father, John chapter 5. And so this is just part of that, paying attention to, to that. Now, some of you might think when it comes to Jesus and healing, again, he can do whatever he wants, however he wants. I want to speak today. I want to I lay hands, whatever. Um, you probably think that Jesus probably could heal anybody he wanted to, anytime he wanted to, just at will. just whatever he wanted to do. But again, that's not actually what we see. We're reading here from Mark 7. In the previous chapter in Mark 6, Jesus was in Nazareth, his hometown. And it says Jesus could not do any miracle there. All he could do was lay his hands on a few sick people and they'd be healed. And he was astonished at their unbelief. Like, like Jesus couldn't, he, he, it's, not, it's not like he could, okay, here's the point. Healing was not automatic back then. Wow, they are rocking out. They're, they're trying to catch up with us and, and Naomi. Healing was not automatic. It wasn't with Jesus, and, and it wasn't with Paul. Paul, huge miracles through Paul, but he can't heal Timothy. He can't heal Trophimus. He can't heal Epaphroditus, you know, his faith-filled friends. Uh, healing wasn't automatic. It, it, never, it never was. Again, sometimes people just think these, these guys were, had the superpower of healing, and they could just heal anyone, anywhere, anytime at will. But no. But no. Now, Jesus, he does heal a lot of people, and sometimes everybody, everybody at one point. But he could only heal in obedience to what he was hearing from heaven, and, and it seems to be connected to faith, some faith in, in the in environment. Now, I love the story here where it's describing this fingers in the ears, and, and he looks up to heaven, and he sighs. Like, I, I'm sure that, that looking up to heaven, that there's, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of stuff going on there, but at least, at least in, this, in this reading for me, it reminds me, like, that's our posture when it comes to healing. Jesus, or looking up to heaven. Okay, what do you want to do here? What, what is to be done here? What, what is to be done here? I'm, I'm, God, I'm looking to you. want to put this in writing as well. Different healing moments required different healing methods. Different healing moments require different healing methods. For Jesus, sometimes it's a command or a touch or mud or fingers and ears and all that kind of stuff. Why? I don't know why, why. <laughs> I don't know why, why, but, but, but that's, just, that's just how it works because there, there, uh, heaven understands what's going on and we need heaven's directions and sometimes things need to happen like confession of sins need to happen or, or, or something needs to be moved or, or changed. I don't make the rules. Not, we don't make the rules. But heaven knows how to unlock things and we need to be tapped into what, what obedience step do we need to make? What obedience step do they need to make to unlock healing in this moment? Now Jesus heals. Again, and, and, and you know, his followers heal in his name. All the disciples, you know, like Peter, sometimes Peter's shadow just crossing by people and they'd be healed. Sometimes it's just that powerful. Sometimes with Paul, like a handkerchief could be taken from, from him somewhere a ways away and, and it could be used as healing. But again, but again, other times Paul can't even heal his friends. It's, it's not automatic. Even, even in the days of the Bible when Jesus is healing, 
healing wasn't just automatic. Healing is about looking to heaven. Jesus, what do you want to do here? God, what do you want to do here in this moment? Spirit, what do you want to do in this moment? I would like to see healing. What, what is it going to unlock? And, 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 I, and connected potentially with a faith expression there. Jesus healed, number one. Jesus healed, his disciples healed as they followed and they healed in his name. People are told in the book of James that you don't need a disciple or, a, or an apostle to heal. Uh, you, you just need to go to your church. And you go to the elders of the church for healing. This is what we read in James chapter 5. It says, is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up if he has committed sins. Again, there's a, there's a lot of confession themes when it comes to unlocking healing. Um, when he, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. One of the central things in Jesus' ministry is healing. Something that's very common in his disciples and those who are following him is, is healing. He designed his church throughout the world, wherever it was, James is writing to these churches that are, that are scattered. Hey, the, the, the church, you don't need those apostles, just, you just, you have a church, you have elders. Go to church and be anointed for, for healing. Jesus healed, number one. Number two, Jesus heals. Jesus heals. Again, I showed you a picture of my great-grandfather's Bible and, and, and just how a long, long time in the West, people have just kind of believed that that stuff's not for today. Um, again, we, you might be from that background and, and you have the sense of Jesus can do anything, of course, but it's not normal. It's not normal for Jesus to heal in our day. It's not true. It's just not true. We've had, we've had miraculous healings here all over the world. Uh, people are miraculously healed in, in the name of Jesus. It's, it's, just, it's just not true. That's point two. Point one, Jesus healed. Point two, Jesus heals, but then here's the, thro uh, the, the flow. Number three, Jesus heals through you. Oh, that's the kicker. Jesus heals through you. Maybe you think that's backwards. It's backwards and not backwards. Will we heal in Jesus' name? Yeah, but Jesus heals through you in Jesus' name. That, that's kind of the connection there. Does that strike you as a bit weird or uncomfortable? That Jesus heals through you? Think about this. After Jesus rises from the dead, after he commissions his disciples to go and make disciples and ascends into heaven, how many times, how many times do we read about Jesus healing someone, not using a person after that? None. 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 There's no example of someone just being healed by, by Jesus without another person there in, in that moment in the rest of the New Testament. After Jesus raises from the dead, how many examples do you see of someone praying to Jesus for healing and it happening in their life without somebody else ministering healing to them? Like just, Jesus, would you please heal me of this? And then them being healed. There's no example of that. And the weird thing is, that's our normal. 
our nor- there's no example of our normal. Jesus, here I am in my, in my house praying as I do once a year, and, and I'm just asking you for, for you to heal me because I'm feeling miserable here. I'm asking you for that, and, and uh, you know, there's no example of that. Now, before you get upset, of course, Jesus still does that, and he does answer those prayers, and he does still heal in, in that way. But I'm just, I'm just talking about the Bible here. Our normal and the Bible's normal are different, and that should be abnormal. That, that should throw us off. The normal way in the Bible, by far, meaning 100% of the time, is there's a person there, another person there, where the healing is coming in the name of Jesus through them to, to you. We are way too just me and Jesus. And I want to break this in, in our generation. I want to break this in our church. This idea of, you know, just Jesus, it's just you and me, I'm asking you this question. Jesus, you and me, I'm asking for this help. Jesus, you and me, I'm asking you to provide. I mean, it's a family, it's a body, and, and, and healing is supposed to be done that way with Jesus, with, with, with people apart. Now, it's not just with the elders, it's with everyone. Um, James chapter 5, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to misquote James chapter 5 intentionally. It's, it's one of those, like, rhetorical things that you're supposed to respond like, of course that's not what the Bible says, but I'm going to just pretend. Does James 5 say, if you want healing, ask Jesus and he will heal you? No. It says, go to the elders of the church, have them anoint you with oil, and you'll be healed. And actually, not just elders, but it's a, it seems that anyone who believes in Jesus can be a conduit of healing. It says in the very next verse, after talking about elders in James 5.16, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Again, confession of sins, major peace, often in the Bible when it comes to unlocking things. How many times does Jesus heal people and say, go and sin no more, or your sins are forgiven, and then, then heal them? It, it comes up in a bunch. Confess your sin to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. I see this as any believer. Any believer uh, can hear someone's confession of sin. And and any believer can pray for the one who has confessed sin, resulting in them being healed. Jesus healed. Jesus heals. Jesus heals through you, the normal way a person is healed is through a person who believes in Jesus, praying healing over someone in Jesus' name. Now, that's not actually what I believe, but I thought if I said it that way, you wouldn't reject the statement. Okay. So now let me correct the statement. What I said was, the normal way a person is healed is through a person who believes in Jesus, praying healing over someone in Jesus' name. But, but actually, the, the thing that's wrong with it is, is the examples in the Bible, most of the examples in the Bible of someone being healed aren't someone being prayed over, but, but there's more uh, a declaration. Instead of intercession, I'm praying for someone, it's declaration. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I hired a legendary artist, Picasso, to illustrate exactly what I'm trying to explain here. Picasso, 
Big bucks, big bucks. Okay, wow, stunning. So this is intercession. This is our normal. If you were to get to a point where you're going to pray for somebody for healing, this is probably what you're trying to do. And what you're doing is you're praying, God, would you please heal that person? And your hope is that God, you're pray, God, would you do this? And then you want God to do that, that, that healing work. God, would you please heal that person? Now, that's our normal. It does fit a bit maybe with that James 5 thing, you know, pray for each other so they may be healed or whatever. Um, okay? But the normal way in the New Testament, by far, by far, by far, is much more like this next picture. So what you have there is the person's praying to God. God, I'm bringing this situation before you. I, I, I want to see healing done in this situation. I have compassion. I want to see your merit, your breakthrough in this person's life. I don't want this person sick or suffering anymore in the name of Jesus. What do you want to do here? Like, what, what is needed for breakthrough? Do you want me to speak, uh, be healed? Do, do you want, do you want uh, me to lay my hands on the person? Do you want me to anoint them with oil? Do you want me to stick their, my fingers in their ear and spit and grab their tongue? I don't, like, I hope that's not what he asks to do. Anyways, so, like, what do you want me to do here? Okay. And then the healing, normally, 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 comes then through you in Jesus' name to them. Like, in the name of Jesus, be healed, you might see, if, if it's like speaking a command. Again, that's mostly what we see in Jesus' ministry. That's mostly what we see in the book of Acts, like Peter in Acts chapter 3. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And they do. Peter in Acts 9. Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Also in Acts chapter 9, to a dead lady, Tabitha, get up. And she does. And she does. And she was raised from the dead. Paul in Acts chapter 14, Paul said in a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he jumped up. This idea of, God, what is God wanting to do? And then speaking it out, declaring it out. Now, honestly, in the, in the book of Acts and in the New Testament, most of the healings take place in the background. They're not just like described the whole, the whole story. But, but my, my read is that, sure, you can probably pray for someone and ask God to heal them, and, and it could happen. But the way more normal way is, is th with you checking in with God. God, I want to see healing here. What is your methods What's your methods here? Different moments require different methods. What needs to happen here to unlock this? Is it a word? Is it a touch? Is it a command? Is it a confession? And then bringing that in the name of Jesus into that situation. Now, maybe you've tried this and it didn't work. And maybe even a few times. Uh, actually, maybe you've tried it and it didn't work and, you, and you, you've not yet seen someone healed. And I just want to remind you that even Jesus, you know, didn't, he wasn't able to heal everyone. Paul, he, he, even his best friends, people like Timothy, a co-author of Scripture with him. It's not like Timothy's lacking faith, right? Co-author of Scripture. And yet, you know, that faith wasn't the issue. Maybe you've tried it before and, and, and it didn't work. Maybe you've tried it before and it worked once. And now you're stuck in the same method and you're not seeing many results because you thought that that method you used is the method to use because you saw it work once instead of every time checking in. 
your results are going to go up if you, you keep checking in because we're supposed to be following the Spirit on that one. If you're like, Brian, what would you do? What would you do uh, if, if, if somebody was there and, and you're going to pray for healing for them? Okay, this is what I would do. I would pray. I'd be like, God, what do you want to do here? Now, if it wasn't super clear, I also have another prayer strategy, and I call it Brian Ingraham Prayer Barbarian. And what I do is I just take this, like, prayer hammer, I imagine it, and I just swing it and hope I hit something. I try anything. I'll just try anything. That didn't work. Let me swing again. Let me swing again. Um, how about this? G G be healed in the name of Jesus. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, hands, uh, be healed in the name of Jesus. Or, or um, okay, Holy Spirit come. I, I, Holy Spirit come with your healing, with your power, with your presence, and waiting there for a while. Waiting there for a while, Holy Spirit come. You Bring your healing, bring your presence here in the name of Jesus. You know, bring your, okay. Um, Jesus, send angels to come. And, I mean, if, I, I don't know, I'm thinking, what, just whatever. Uh, is there a confession that needs to be made here? Is there something that needs, needs to happen here? Again, healing in the name of Jesus, whatever, anointing them with oil. Might anoint them with oil. If that doesn't work, I might anoint them with more oil. <laughs> just, just, di just different things. Um, but, but ultimately, because I know that there's different healing moments required, different methods. There's not just one way it's done, and it matters how it's done in each situation. Jesus does things differently. Okay, there's lots of different ways that people are healed from the Bible but in, in the New Testament, but one that's, that we, I hope you're hearing is, you are a crucial part of it. You are a crucial part of someone's healing as you ask, as you seek, as you listen, as you bring them before God, as you step out in faith. You're a big part of that. Now, I, I can just imagine, because I'm, I'm like you, like oh, oh, some of you are thinking like, Wow. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. What, what, if, what if I try this and it doesn't work? I'll look like a fool or like a fraud. I, I know what that feels like. If I pray for this person and it doesn't work, I'll, I'll feel like a fraud. And, and you know what I say to myself at that moment? I quote the Trolls soundtrack and I say, no, I can't think that way. Because I know that I'm really, really, really going to be okay. However it happens here, right? I just can't, I just can't go there. My perspective is, is like, I know that God likes to reveal himself. I know evangelism in the Acts chapter 4 prayer was connected to people's boldness and God's miracles coming alongside in a partnership with the boldness. And that's when revival breaks out from Acts chapter 4 in, in, that, in the early church. I know that it's my job to set the table, but I can't make God do anything. And I'm not, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to bring an opportunity for him to shine and to make his glory known. I just don't want to be someone who's so worried that it won't work that I never try. Somebody that's, that's so worried, somebody who expects nothing from God. And so I attempt nothing for God in the area of prayer. You know, like, like William Carey, I attempt great things for God. Uh, sorry, expect great things from God, attempt great things from God. Uh, it, it doesn't work sometimes. I was walking down the hill a, a few um, a while ago, a long time ago, uh, the, the part of hill over here, and I saw a guy get out of the get out of a car, and and I was at the top of the hill, and he had a major leg problem, 
and was just like slowly creeping along the front of this taxi towards his house and he was getting across and he was getting on, onto the sidewalk and just going so slowly. I walked basically the whole hill watching this painfully slow process and I got down there and I don't know this guy and I'm like, what happened to your leg? And uh, he, he said something in Particulonian. I don't know what it is. He says, explained it. And I was like, can I pray for you? And the guy looked like I was, he just looked like I was crazy. But he didn't say no. And so uh, that's all I need. I got down and, and, I, and I put my hands on his knee and, and I prayed. And I prayed for God to heal his knee. And it didn't work. It didn't work. He, he goes inside. And then I, I'm coming down the hill maybe a couple weeks later, and, and, and he sees me, and I see him, and he's just like, I can't get inside fast enough, get away from the prayer uh, or whatever. I mean, sure, sure that happens. But you know what? It, if that's the worst thing that happens, like, that's okay. I want to be someone who's going to go for it and set up opportunities, and I don't mind. If, if, if it doesn't work, that's on Jesus. But I'm going to try and be someone who, who's praying for people to be healed in the name of Jesus. Jesus healed. His followers followed him and healed. Jesus heals. Jesus heals through you in Jesus' name. Don't make the mistake of just making a red X in your Bible. Maybe, maybe not physically, but, but mentally. And, and maybe you would never actually write an X in your Bible, but maybe you do practically. This bit, I'm not even going to try. This bit is not going to have any place in my practice or in my life. Yes, Jesus' followers are doing this. Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. But yeah, that's not really for me today. For, for whatever reason. We're living in the era from Jesus to Jesus, the Jesus era. He's returning. He's here. He, he, he ascended. We're, we're in the era between Matthew and Revelation. We're in the New Testament era. We're in this, this era that miraculous healings of Jesus are not a thing from the past, and they come, from, they come through God's people. William Carey. Expect great things from God. He was not talking about miraculous healing. He was not talking about miraculous healing. Expect great things from God. He was talking about like all of life. But, but I'm, I'm putting this on the table. When it comes to healing, do you expect great things from God? And then uh, he said, attempt great things for God. Attempt great things for God. That's true with so much of our lives. But also true when it comes to the the very common things in the New Testament that seem really out of our box, but they're extremely common in the New Testament uh, for God's people. And that would include praying for people to be healed in the name of Jesus. If you want Jesus to heal you, be bold. Go for prayer. Go for prayer and expect great things from God. If, if, you, um, if you have somebody that comes to you for prayer, uh, be bold Expect great things from God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Discern, you know, is there anything you want to do here to unlock this? Do you want to do this at this time? And then attempt great things for God. May healing come to you in the name of Jesus. Now, I had two possible options when it comes to challenges for today. One is do nothing based on what we talked about today. Or, and the one I went with. Two, challenge. This week, try. Try this. 
Try and see someone healed through you in the name of Jesus. Try and see. You're just thinking like, wait, what? What? Try. Try. Mm. Yeah, this is a fun one. This is, this is a fun one. Man, can you imagine your boldness combined, combined with Jesus' power and breakthrough in life and his revival potential in our generation? Acts 4. That's Acts 4 stuff. Give it a go. Give it a try. Expect great things from God. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God in Jesus' name. Let me pray for us. Spirit of God, help. Uh, I, I am thinking of that Acts chapter 4 prayer where, uh, where I ask for courage and boldness for every single one of us in the name of Jesus. A courage and boldness as you, God, stretch out your hands for miracles and signs and wonders and healings done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. God, I ask that that would be not just the story of Acts 4, but the story of our generation. That you would hear, that you would help, that you would guide, that you would direct, and that we would see healings break out in the name of Jesus, and revival break out in response as people, to, as people wake up and they're like, yes, God is real, God is here, God is now. Awaken our hearts. If you're here and, and you have never given your life to Jesus, but you're like, whoa, I feel like God is here and I, and I want to give my life to Jesus right now, I encourage you to pray something like this. God, here I am. I now dedicate the entirety of my life to following Jesus. Whether things go good for me or whether things are challenging, whether I'm rich or poor or sickly or healthy, whatever happens, I dedicate my life now to following Jesus. Jesus, lead me. Guide me. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, for everyone who's prayed that prayer, may that be. Fill them with your Spirit. Lead them clearly. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.